chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead! Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. I love it. And I'm Ryan Abraham. <laughs> From USC football. I did it! <laughs> yes. I'm dealing with a technical issue trying to get uh, comments up. But yeah, I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football. We're doing a special double edition of the podcast of champions. We're doing a little preview show for the Pac-12 Championship game since we did an early show on Sunday. We had to do an emergency show. We got Kenny Dillingham getting hired by ASU. David Shaw getting fired or walking away, whatever he did. Uh, so we're going to do a preview show. When you do, when you get fired, you also walk away. He unless did. you're escorted out of the building and yeah. picked up and hauled out bodily. True. That ha- that happens too. Yeah. Uh, do you think they took his laptop? Like, yeah. Shut do, down his- do you think they took his key card and said, you can't come back in the building? They took his Blackberry and said, here, here's <laughs> They took his flip phone. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. So we got a, we're going to have a fun show today. We got to talk about some transfer portal stuff. We're going to talk about the Pac 12 championship game, Heisman Trophy, college football playoff, all this stuff, what it means for the conference of champions if you have any questions or comments for the show pack 12 podcast at gmail.com or you can call or text us at 424-532-0678 we got a couple voicemails i don't think the zodiac killer called this week so i know he's a very popular uh feature on the show so maybe well, he'll call it next we week. should make him sing something because he wanted us to sing cardi in the usa yes so is uh, there some play on shaw hmm we need to think that through. Yeah, we should think it through. Anybody in the chat has a good idea for a David Shaw related song for the Zodiac Killer to sing? We need to hear it. Cardi's up for the with the Lou Groza Groza Award or whatever, like the Kicker Award. So he's in the he's a finalist for that. Yeah, but, but still wasn't perfect. So. No, he missed a PAT. Yeah, can you get less perfect? That's very less perfect. Uh, you can tweet us at Pac Twelve Podcast. The website is Pac Twelve Podcast dot com, and you can have chat over on the Reddit's Reddit dot com slash r slash. POC, Podcast of Champions. Uh, you got to spell it out. Sorry, no, just POC there. Um, if you have the Apple Podcasting app, you can leave us a uh, five-star review. We really appreciate that when you can do that. And uh, a rating. You can trash us, whatever you want to do. Uh, I know we just did a show a few days ago. Any new reviews, David? We have one new review. <laughs> Impressive. All right. This is from uh, the famous uh, Jordan one five two three four two zero. He's. I remember him. Yeah, a five-star review. Uh, subject line, a top 10 Pac-12 podcast. 
I wish I could give a full ranking of the top 100 things I love about the Pac-12. Since I can't, I will just say that this podcast ranks right between Michael Mothershed and the Slow Mesh on that list. Mm. So that's top five. I don't know why he said top 10. Yeah. Because Michael Mothershed is top two, right? Yeah. Number two probably in the league. Yes. And not just because his calls are shitty, but (laughs) number two. And then Slow Mesh, obviously number four. Because slow mesh is what actually rid us of the dreaded David Shaw. You know what's funny? Like uh, Bruce Feldman came out with his uh, um, list of you know potential candidates, and he put um, Dave Clawson, the the Wake Forest head coach, so they could get the actual slow mesh instead of like that the, would be cool. Yeah, no, you, you did the trial run. Now right. bring the real deal. It would be like after Rick Neuheisel was fired for running his garbage pistol, they brought in uh, Chris Alt from Nevada. Nuva- Who actually runs yeah. the pistol? Yeah, yeah, that would have been the way to go. <laughs> Let's. Let's let's get the expert. That, uh... <laughs> yeah. You know, the problem here wasn't going to the slow match. The problem was we didn't do it as expertly as we needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty fun. Well, thanks for the review. We appreciate that. And we are uh, simulcast, even though Dave doesn't like to say that, on our YouTube channel. Apparently, our Sunday show did really, really well, so we appreciate that. Uh, we got a bunch of people in the chat right now. Please smash uh, that like button. Uh, I don't believe I can pull up chat messages today i'll try again um, my apologies if that doesn't work which i don't think it's working why today. uh i don't know there's some it's you know there's, it's software it's like it's, i'm doing this live i'm posting producing doing a lot of stuff live you can't get Still good help work. these days but we can read your we can just read them we're just not gonna be able to put them on the air so you want Ryan, to i, I want to be honest with you though like i do so much for this show and all i ask you to do is to get those chat messages up on the screen mm. you know i'm i'm doing everything over here yeah. You can see my hands moving. I asked you to put the line in for the game. He's like, oh, got to write a line in this Google Doc. I'm like downloading photos of what's going on and all this stuff. You know? just, I, I, I went through I'm just t- asking for a little bit of engineering. I here. went through the whole like transfer portal for the Pac-12. Which know? one of us has an engineering degree? <laughs> Is it engineer. you? Yes. Yeah. So okay. So Two of them. Yes. Yeah. So I have to do all this stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Uh, cool. Well, yeah. So this will be a little more like less structured sort of show, I guess. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is wow. Awesome. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into the game preview in a little bit, and we got the uh, uh, the, the the line uh, for the game as uh, we're so Dave and I will continue to pick against the spread through uh the you know this championship game and then bowl season dave has a two game we're both doing great he has a two game lead on me he's 51 37 and two against the spread i'm 49 39 and two against the spread but like i mentioned last time i got really lucky on our uh, friends over at my bookie so go over to my bookie use the promo code pack 12 and you get a 50 percent deposit match for whatever you put in there up to a thousand dollars but the Friday games, I was 0 for 2. And then the Saturday games, I was 5-0. And, and I forgot to bet for Friday. So that was a win. I was 5-0 I was and 0 essentially on my bets uh, over at my bookie. But I've had a lot of fun uh, with my bookie. They've been a great partner uh, the last couple of years. And uh, it's, you know, I always get juiced. Like, d- we have no reason. It doesn't matter. Like, just you guys are listening to us and Dave won or I won or whatever. Like, but we care about it a lot. Now I got a little extra juice on it, too. It helps even more. So it's a lot of fun. Um, to do that. So get in there. Maybe, you know, you can bet your picks with us and see how you do. You, you would have done pretty good this year. I know we've had some bad weeks, but overall we've had some, we had some really crushing weeks. And, uh, like Dave was like a point away from going uh, 7-0 last week. Um, but yeah, so that's, it's been a lot of fun. So go over to my bookie, make sure you use the promo code PAC12 and uh, they'll hook you up. They'll, they'll give you a 50% deposit match. So uh, you put in 500 bucks, you'll get 750. So lots to bet for. 
If you feel really strongly about this line in Las Vegas, you can bet that or the NFL or anything that that you like. Uh, Even when college football season's over, you still got a lot of stuff to go on. So go over to my bookie and use promo code PAC12. Helps us out. You know, tell them, hey, the guys at the POC sent you. Uh, We appreciate that. But Uh, We've got a um, suggestion on the Shaw song. Oh. From Anthony in chat. It's, I want to rock and Shaw all night (laughs) and kick field goals all day. I don't know. We might need to workshop the the the, the syllable usage, um, but I think there's something there. Oh, I like it. That's okay. cool. Hey, we have a celebrity in the chat too. Adam Monster Tiger. Boom. Adam, give us some. So we got to talk about uh, Colorado offering the job to Deion Sanders, which I think would be a huge move. The if- fact that he's publicly acknowledging it, and it's been several days since the offer went out. I'm I'm interested to see how this one plays out. For sure. What there was a. I think there was a like a radio reporter for like, is it USF that was going to offer him too, or did? And they, the guy was like just terrible saying like, Oh, it's 90% done and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, he was at, he was at the, the school this morning and they're like, no, we had a media availability. Like it's six 30 in the morning. And they're like, well, he could have met with people at five 30 and then flew back or whatever. It was like some really stupid shit. It was like, there's no way dude, that guy was not there. Um, but he wouldn't back off his report or whatever. But yeah, Adam, any uh, any thoughts on that? You can put it in the chat or whatever. We'd love yeah, it. Throw them in the chat, Adam. But that was like one of the first things I want to talk about. So like coaching, you know, for, you know, Colorado offering Deion Sanders. I think when you look at what ASU did, like young infusion of energy, you probably need that in Colorado. Um, you know, you could do some kind of weird offense like Dave suggests before, like, you know, the whatever the veer or something you know triple <laughs> like something like hey we're so gonna- I, I think if you go with Deion Sanders you're not going with that option. no no what you're no. going for is this guy's going to boost recruiting in a huge way um because of the name because of the you know obvious connections in what he's done already with bringing five stars to Jackson State um yeah. he's gonna I mean if you can do that at Jackson State you can probably do that at Colorado um and I, I think you're be- betting on being a traditional team but one that can actually recruit a little bit. And I think, you know, he would do a lot of good work in Texas. I mean, come on, yeah. Neon Dion. Um, but I, I think that's what you're betting on if you if you hired Deion Sanders. Yeah. Um, I would I think it'd be great. I mean, he's I mean, it's not like I get when it's like, oh, it's a gimmick, you know? It's like, oh, you bring in like Gronk for something or whatever. Even like maybe Jeff Saturday with the the Indianapolis Colts right now, but you know, sometimes these guys can coach and Dion's bringing in talent. Now, yeah, is he bringing in like kind of cast offs from other places and stuff and some? Sure, but he's coaching. Like they're winning games. Like, do you know what they are? Do you know what their record is? They're undefeated, right? They're undefeated this year. They're 26 and five in his three years. Uh, and three of those losses were in the COVID year, which doesn't matter. Uh, and they're 19 and two and they are undefeated in conference the last two years. So take his name away. Like, he's not Neon Dion. It would be obvious, like, this is one of those FCS coaches who's, like, a legit dude who should get a job. And it's, I mean, it's not the length of years. Like, it's not the number of years, but it's the same thing as, like, hiring, like, the Montana coach or the Montana State coach or whatever at a at a school. It's, okay, that makes sense. North Dakota State. I mean, look at what that guy's doing. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Kansas I, State's top 10 right now. They're yeah. playing for the Big 12. Exactly. So, I think um, if you took the name away. Uh, it would be no a no doubter a decent hire for exactly what Colorado is right now a power five school that's not doing well at all and needs to take a flyer on somebody why not yeah uh 
I asked JST said, I didn't realize how old Deion Sanders was. He's 55. That's, I mean, plenty young. He could coach there for a long he time. He coached there for 10, 15 years. Yeah. Uh, that's good. So, uh, but thanks Adam for joining in. If you have any thoughts on that, you can post them in there, but I love re- that report. I think it was USF. I forget what it was, but this, it was like this radio guy and he was just like spew- spewing all this like nonsense and just being refuted by like facts. You're just like, it's always the radio guys. Like it's always these radio guys who post, I've got an exclusive scoop. Nick Saban is coming to Texas. Yeah. No, like, he fucking isn't. no get out of here. There was uh there was another one too where someone reported I forgot what it was but there was it might have been it might have been a Matt Rule one or it was it was there was one of those and this guy just came out and just said a bunch of stuff Oh my god just I just true. got a great one What Rat Mule Rap Mule Matt Rule Huh Rat Mule Oh I like it. well he's not a, well he's not in our conference yet I know but he will be so I'm <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting that one in the back burner but Rat Mule I love it Uh very nice um, the Heisman race, David Woods. Uh, oh yeah, we care about this. The Pac-12 could get a Heisman, Caleb yes. Williams. But I got a, a speaking of, I think could, isn't he like minus four thousand favorite now? Yes, he's very, he's a huge favorite. Yeah, okay. Um, but you know, you talk. He could have the worst game of his life against Utah on Friday <laughs> and probably still win this. Which I mean, again, I think it's good for the conference, but you know, some people might disagree. Uh. We, I think. Oh no! I think it's totally good that USC is going to be in the playoff and have a Heisman winner. Uh, yeah, just I'll, I'll let you find it. Um, Tony Castacone, I think that's a Castacone. Um, the he was uh, tweeting out to Heisman voters, which I am one, about Michael Penix and his his uh, numbers and stuff, which are great. I think he had a great season, but I had to tweet at him and say that it was uh, you can't lose a three and nine team in Arizona State and get outdueled by like a former fifth string walk on Trenton Borgay. So, um, sorry, but yeah, Penix awesome season. I don't think it's a Heisman season. Yeah. Penix let it all out there. Um, <laughs> but his, his season wasn't like too dissimilar from like say Dorian Thompson Robinson's. It's just, you know, pretty good. Not great. Yeah. No, thought it, I mean, he's, you know, is he and he's been awesome. I mean, it's 29 and seven touchdown to interceptions, but it's, you know, it's he, he threw for like 500 yards. It's in Arizona. that great rung of guys down right below the uh, the Heisman contenders. You can't like if Washington doesn't lose that game to Arizona State, like they are playing in the championship game, and this would you know 11 and one. I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's just that like as much of anything. I think that hurt the conference more. And and Washington didn't play the two best the two teams in the conference that are going to the championship. They didn't play Utah or USC. So it would have been great to to play one of those teams uh, if they had that opportunity. But you could make a much stronger argument for Bo Nix. I would say that than than Phoenix. Uh yeah, I mean Bo Nix was pretty- Bo Nix got hurt, but his his stats are generally better, I think um and his his team was better when he was totally healthy. Yeah. And he also you know, the one element that I think gets discounted, but most of the time when these guys win, they're dual threats. Uh, Phoenix isn't that much of a dual threat. No. Um, Knicks ran for 14 touchdowns this year. That's a lot. It's a lot of touchdowns. He was, uh, yeah. He was pretty special with that. Um, playoff race. Uh, the, the, we got the rankings out now. Um, pull it, can you pull up the rankings where all the Pac 12 teams would you want me oh, to? Or? Good God. Uh, USC did is number four right now. Yeah, so, so USC is at number four, um, and then after that, it is Utah at 11, 
Washington behind them at 12, which feels insane and capricious like everything else. Basically, um, they put that there because Utah's in the championship game, maybe. Yeah, they want to make it look better. I think they want to be able to retroactively justify USC making it in, but they don't need to. So I don't yeah. I don't really understand it. Um, Washington's 10 and 2, Utah's 9 and 3. It just, it, whatever. Utah lost to Oregon, Washington beat them. It doesn't, whatever. Uh, and then Oregon State's at 15, Oregon's at 16, and UCLA's at 17. So I think the big takeaway here, Ryan, is that the Pac-12, the top end of the Pac-12 this year, as we all saw with our own two eyes, was good. Got uh, better. And I think, you know, the bottom three of the league, four of the league, absolutely god-awful <laughs> terrible. But the top six were legitimately good teams, all of whom at different points in the season felt like, Oh, they can, they're a contender. They're a real contender. Um, And then it turned out, you know, USC uh, went away with it. And, um, but I think the, my, my thing here, Ryan. Yes. Is that, um, as I tweeted to you yesterday. Yeah. I think this is proof yet again, as if we needed more, that the Pac-12's problem wasn't a playoff structure issue. It was not having good enough teams. And lo and behold, they now have a good enough team, one that has one loss heading into the championship game in control of their own destiny. Yeah. And if they finish with one loss, where will they end up? In the playoff. In the playoff. Yeah. Because they're good enough. And if they lose to Utah again, you know what that means? They weren't good Good enough. enough. Yeah. So, again... That's what I've been saying. You know, like... (laughs) No, (laughs) no. You say they need to increase access because the Pac-12 is a poverty conference and there's no way they'll ever have another playoff team unless they get auto bids. No, the reality was they just had shitty top teams for five, six years. And the last time they had a legitimate team, meaning a one-loss team eligible for the playoff, guess what they did? They They made the playoff. True. This year, if they have a one-loss team, as I've been saying for weeks, if they have a one-loss team that is eligible for the playoff, they're going to make the playoff. So we could thank Kalashnikov for uh, taking away the whole parody thing, which was a Larry Scott era. That that's gone. No more. No more parody. Have some really good teams. Have some shit teams that you just beat up on. Let them have an opportunity to climb back out of the cellar, like Bane. Like you know, was it uh, Batman out of that Bane whatever den yeah, yeah. he was in? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Arizona's doing it. They didn't quite get out. They didn't get to the bowl eligibility this year, but they, you know, they were they were down there. Their back was broken. They're like left for yeah, dead. Yeah. They rehabbed, yeah. wor- worked with that old guy, and then it climbed out almost. And then yeah, fell down. No, but they're we, gonna climb we, out. We all year. merely adopted the dark. Arizona was born in it and molded by it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but this is the thing. I mean, it's it's a. Uh, but would the Pac-12 have two teams this year? Because we got some. If man, if Washington doesn't lose ASU for sure, two teams. But maybe Washington's in would be in. In the twelve-team format, you think? I think they might be. So this year, I think, yeah, you would probably have a good chance of having two Pac-12 teams in a twelve-team format. Yeah. Um, but I guess the thing that I took away from this season is, for the first time in a long time, and I think if Bo Nix doesn't get hurt, all this is on uh, Friday would be a play-in game for the playoff because Bo- because Oregon probably would have been a one-loss team. Yeah. Um, but it didn't work out that way. Um. But I think that's like the main takeaway is that there were teams that were good enough this year, and there's a team now still remaining that's good enough, and that's what changed the fortunes. And it's not that it's USC name value. The point is, if you are a one-loss Pac-12 team that wins your conference, you have a 90% chance of making the playoff. Like, and it was never anything other than that 
The problem was that parity, you know, that that, you know, every single winner ends up being a two or three loss team. Yeah, you're not going to make the playoff like that. Why would you? You're not good enough. Yeah. A lot of parity. Parity stinks. You can't be parity. We need some some yeah. It's good. No, it's been great to have six teams in the top 17, right? Yeah. Is that of the there's six teams, right? Like there are six teams in the Oregon, top Oregon 17. Oregon State, yeah, yeah. Washington, USC, Utah. Yeah, and they got it right with Oregon UCLA. State and Oregon at least. Yeah, they put it in the right, you know, yeah, the, the right, right order. order there. Um but yeah, and so you know, we'll see how this all kind of shakes out, but there was just talk a couple weeks ago that the Pac-12 couldn't make it. Now it looks like they're in. There was even talk. I think Dan Wetzel was saying like if USC loses, they could still get in. Um, I Dan, guess Dan Wetzel is high. I, I don't not, think they're not happen. making it. So if right now the way it's set up is Ohio State's getting in if USC, USC loses, I yeah, would because think so. Ohio State's only loss is to a playoff team. Their right. only loss would be to Michigan. USC will have that if they lose on Friday, they will have definitively proven we are worse than Utah. Yeah, that's not making a playoff. True. Uh, um, so I think, you know, USC obviously win and get in, but if they lose, no, there's no chance they get to the Rose bowl and that'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do, so transfer portal. Actually, time. would they even make the play? No, it would be Utah in the Rose bowl, Utah in the Rose bowl. And then USC kicked out to the cotton bowl or something. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Washington. So we still think Washington's going to go. If USC wins, Washington's going to go to the Rose bowl, right? That hasn't changed. I don't think that's going to. Yeah, I, I think that I think that should be it. But I think the way they have Utah and Washington situated in the playoff ranking actually affects that to some extent. Yeah, it could. Um, but you know, if you in that can, scenario, if Utah, Utah loses, loses, they probably drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got to talk a little transfer portal. Is that um, what that was? That was like a that was like Twilight Zone. It was the I think it's from. Uh, Star Trek, like the um, we, need, we need to workshop that. Okay, well, like that's that's a bad drop. You're you're going deep into your, you're going here. deep into your like late seventies, early eighties nerddom right there. <laughs> I don't think I even put this in. This might have been like Chris or something, or uh-huh. when they were talking about, yeah, it, but yeah, whatever. No. Yeah, back away from it now. Yeah, uh, but we after nobody liked it after the chat just went cold because of that drop. Now Transfer we're just... portal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's going to be big. Like, it's just going to be big. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's going to be really hard to keep up. I thought we'd do a little update since we're doing like a shorter show uh, of what's going on. I, the, all these updates, all these things that you're doing because we're going to have a shorter show, this show's going to end up being like three way and longer. a half hours long. Yeah. Uh, it will. Did did Monster Tiger say anything in chat, by the way? I don't know. I wanted to make sure. No, Monster Tiger, I think, dipped as soon as we started talking about him. Yeah, he's, he's like, like oh, nah, I'm out of here. Get the fuck out of here, Thanks. man. So uh, there's some notable players. or just I tried to go through the Pac-12. So you remember the name Paul Tyson? Uh, sure. He's the great-grandson of Bear Bryant. So Arizona State, he came to Arizona State. Uh, he's transferring uh, again. So he already transferred in from Alabama. Washington State had a few players go. Um, Caleb Ford, Demet, um, he missed this season after surgery. He's a cornerback. He transferred in from Old Dominion, so he's going back in the portal. He played, I think, all 12 games in 2021. And uh, J.P. Zamora, the quarterback, is in the portal. Uh, and uh, Javonsley uh, Bazil, he's a four-year player on the scout team, running back for Washington State. He's in the portal. Remember the name Jordan McLeod for Arizona? I remember the name Jordan McLeod for Arizona. Quarterback didn't play in 2022. He started a couple of games. Transferred in from UCF, USF. He's transferring. Oregon State, uh, 
Ron Hardridge III, uh, the cornerback, who's pretty good. He's a grad, he's going to grad transfer out. So you might remember that name. Colorado has a couple players. Uh, Edgar Amaya, the redshirt freshman offensive lineman. He didn't play. He's going to transfer. And then uh, Brendan Lewis. The GOAT. Yeah, remember him? Yeah. He fell to third in the depth chart, the quarterback. And he, and falling to third on that depth chart is like falling into a pit. <laughs> Didn't they like, play their fifth team? Yeah, I mean, like watching uh, watching Michigan's linebacker throw a pass. I was like, <laughs> is that too different from JT Shroud? Like, was it? Who knows? One of the bigger names, um, I think it's the second year in a row. Cal's lost one of their best, if not best, offensive linemen, Ben Coleman. He played twenty five games, um, and you know, if you remember, Cal fired their offensive line coach. Well, now you lost your best offensive lineman. He's going on there. Stanford, they get some transfers. You got David Shaw stepping down. Arlen Harris Jr., uh, he only played one game, but he entered the portal back in October, then withdrew. He's a four-star running back, um, but he's in the portal again. And then safety, Jonathan McGill, he's a team captain, you know, former Pac-12 player of the week. Uh, he's got a grad transfer. So just another situation where you got a guy that have would have another year of eligibility, you can't get into well. I don't know if that's the case, but usually you can't get into the grad school at Stanford, and then uh, you leave uh, for your you know your final year. So that's unfortunate. No, that's the perfect setup. So I think there's an explanation for guys not getting into grad school at Stanford, as guys got their Stanford undergraduate degree, which is the the key that unlocks all doors. And then it's like, oh yeah, now I want to play for a real program because they haven't been a real program in like four fucking years. Yeah. Why does Stanford make me curse? I don't know. It does. One of the best like transfer stories, and like RJ was telling me this one when USC played Stanford earlier in the season was like the Oklahoma like safety that was like an all conference kind of player, like literally just applied to grad school at, or applied to transfer to each Stanford on his own, got in, shows up, and was like knocks on David Shaw's door, is like, hey, I played football in Oklahoma and I just I got into school here. Can I come play? Sure. Like that's how you have to get a transfer yeah, yeah. to Stanford. Insane. And one more, uh, Dante Tom uh, Thornton. He's that big uh, wide receiver for Oregon, six foot five. He was a former four star. I think like a top sixty player. Uh, he's in the portal as well. So just a few names. Love it out there. Um, you know stuff that David likes to do. My favorite thing is when you read. <laughs> I wrote the stuff down. You know, I don't know, whatever. Um, we got to do our uh, preview of the uh, Pac twelve title game, conference championship game, Las Vegas. Uh, doing a little gathering at the uh, Park MGM Hotel. I will be there. Probably a lot of USC fans, but come out. Uh, love any Pac-12 fans that are going to be there. The Bet MGM Sportsbook and Bar, 6 p.m. Uh, it's in the Park MGM Hotel. Uh, just come look for me, whatever. Come say hi. There should be a bunch of people around. But, um, yeah, we'll do a little gathering. We did. Dave and I did one for the basketball thing. We had like 10 people show up, but it was fun. Should be a lot more people for the football thing. But You think um, so? You think our our very basketball centric show um, didn't necessarily <laughs> we elicit? We the... never mentioned the word basketball. <laughs> and we're like, let's have a basketball meetup. It was an idea. It we had a some, thought. We had some people come. It, it was, was good. Uh, but yeah, so I know I've talked to some Utah people that are going to come, and uh, certainly a bunch of USC people and stuff. So just yeah, a little something to do. Maybe go gamble a little bit. I mean, it's good. Like it'll be Thursday night. Game's not till five p.m. on Friday, so you can like drink all you want, get hungover, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> have a good time but it'll be fun you know if you just want to come out and if you're going to be there for anything you want to meet us or meet me dave won't be there unfortunately but 
Stay out with Ryan until nine in the morning. Get chicken and waffles at New York, New York. Highly recommend that. Well, I don't know if I recommend drink, that. Drink, drink mimosas to finish off your night. <laughs> no, no, we we crushed, we crushed that. Yeah, we we uh, holy cow! I, I flew a little too close to the sun. <laughs> so we were in the same room, right? We just had to go back to the room and just die. Yeah, yeah, we died. It was like nine in the morning. Yes. Like literally, like when we were at the New York, New York like brunch place and. Uh, Having mimosas, got a bottle of champagne. Just, for the morning and just like after drinking at, all that, like all these people, like some people with their families, just sitting there having a nice breakfast, and we're just like bellowing at each <laughs> other from across a, like a small table. I, I don't even. I think it was like Elon Musk. We were yelling about. I have no idea. It was. It was truly uh, otherworldly. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I. Lo- I mean, I love fun. Vegas. Is just so much fun. Uh, I just. I just have a good time in Vegas. Like. David and I, like, obviously different people, different whatever. We go to – but we do Vegas pretty similarly, I think. Like, we like to gamble. We like to drink. We just – you know, we just had a great time. I had a lot I had a lot of time with that. I had a lot of fun with that. It was. It was I had a lot of time with that, too. Yeah. We, we had way too much time in the bar. I mean, I helped paramedics uh, escort one of Dave's friends out of, you know, out of the <laughs> casino. <laughs> like, that was fun. Like yeah, It know, was fun. So, I, was, I was riding a heater. Otherwise, I would have joined you. But right. I, I had to – Dave, I got a royal flush Dave while we were sitting there at five thirty in the morning. Yeah, there was it was great. Yeah, that was I think, so. I've left this kid I just met trying to get him to the bathroom <laughs> as he's getting sick for whatever. I think maybe it was food poisoning. Maybe it was he's maybe it was his first beer. I'm not sure. <laughs> to the point where we have to call paramedics. It was great. Go back and listen to the episode. I think we talked about it a lot. It was. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We so, laughed, we cried. I'm not sure if this is going to be the same thing, but you know, I'm not going to be there, so that'll be helpful for me. Right? We can uh, if if you get there and you're super drunk, I will FaceTime Dave with you, so we can uh, get you know. Would you do that? That'd yeah, be awesome. Absolutely. Okay, let's uh, preview the game. We have uh, number eleven, Utah Utes, and number two in our power rankings, and number four, and number one in our power rankings, USC Trojans. 5 p.m. on Big Fox. Number 11, Utah, 9 and 3. 7 and 2 in the Pac 12, taken on. Number 4, USC, 11 and 1, 8 and 1 in the Pac 12. Without the Byzantine Pac 12 multi team tiebreaker rules, this game would not be happening. True. If divisions still existed, this game would not be happening. But none of that is true. We have Byzantine tiebreakers. And so we get the rematch. The rematch between these two teams. Now, Utah non-controversially beat USC, just fair and square. There was absolutely no other element involved in that game whatsoever. <laughs> it was just pure football mm. all the way up and down the field. No <laughs> calls went against USC. That turned into a three-week wine fest. None of that happened. Instead, it was just Utah showing its medal. Dalton Kincaid running all over that defense for like 290 million yards. 16 catches on 16 targets for 234 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns. It was a one catch shy of a Pac-12 record. I don't know if anyone's caught 16 for 16 if they've tracked targets. but Yeah, they weren't ta- tracking targets until about 10 years ago, yeah. so I don't know. Um, so USC is a three-point favorite as of recording. Uh, the over-under is 67.5. So this one is um, – the teams are a little bit different situated than they were the last time they played um uh, i would say cam rising is not quite at the level he was when these two teams last played um he's still getting over whatever happened to him a few weeks ago yeah injury wise uh dalton kincaid is also dinged up he should play in this game but he's going to be dinged up 
Uh, and USC, I mean, what they've been doing offensively in recent weeks, um, the production from Caleb Williams, also just kind of the stunning Heisman level play from Caleb Williams. It feels like he's gotten more and more and more comfortable as the season has gone on. Uh, just making ridiculous plays downfield. I mean, what he was doing last week against Notre Dame was just, I mean, frankly, it was gross to watch. A lot of it was like Johnny Manziel shit. Like, remember when Johnny Manziel was like in his freshman, sophomore years, and he was just like running around for like 10 seconds and then delivering a perfect ball downfield? That's what it was. Just nutty to watch. Um, And I think he's going to be very frustrating for Utah fans. Um, So... mm, I mean, I think Utah's going to muck the game up. I mean, I think their defense is probably top two or three in the league right now. They've gotten a lot better defensively over the course of the year. So yeah, I do I think, think it'll be it'll be a different <clears throat> sort of game. I would be kind of surprised if it ended up in the 40s like the last one. I think this will be much closer to like a 34-28, something like that. Um, but I'm taking USC on the 34 there. Okay. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you on this one. There was a lot. You know, Dave mentioned completely above board, no calls. You know, officiating did not come into play. This was a uh, a game where a lot of stuff went right. Cam Rising had one of his, you know, kind of career game. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, of course, had a career game. John Canzano tweeted out, like, that his numbers, um, and he's not one of the finalists for the Mackey Award, the, the best tight end, which is kind of a crime. But little Pac-12 slight there, um, but, you know, he had a huge game. I mean, if he goes for, like, eight catches for 120 yards and a touchdown, that would be huge for a tight end, and that would be, like, half of what he did in the other game. I feel like a lot of stuff went right for the Utes in this one, and if anything, USC and Utah both came out of that game sort of beat up. Um, you know, USC lost Eric Gentry, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams for a few games, but those guys are back now. For Utah, there still seem to be, you know, some of the injury issues still seem to be there. Cam Rising hasn't looked the same since that game, uh, really. Now, maybe he'll be fully healthy in this one and come back and, and have a huge, you know, his legs was a big part of Utah winning that game. It just seems like USC sort of going up a little more, and Utah might be coming down a little bit more. So even with the three points, I feel pretty comfortable with USC in this one. I kind of feel like it's going to be like a two-score type of game, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's, it's Kyle Whittingham. If the Utes, like, someone's going to come out and have a huge game. If there was more of an outside threat uh, for Utah that, you know, because yeah. I think USC is going to be focused on trying to stop the run. I know Tavion Thomas declared for the draft or whatever. He's going to, he's not going to, he got he hurt sort himself. Of, for me, that's kind of like the. Um, he didn't do that much, though. Yeah, year. that's kind of like Travis Dye being unavailable for USC. And it's obviously a blow, but the level to which it's a blow is a real question mark. Because first, run games are much more about your offensive line and all that stuff, especially yeah. at the college level. And two, they've got capable backups. Like they've got guys who are pretty good and have been pretty good this year. So I wouldn't take too much from that in the same way that, you know, um, Austin Jones has been fine for USC. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Um, <clears throat> there's some, like, so the Pac 12 sent out some stats. Oh, God. Are you reading stats again? You know, are you I'm reading, just... like, friggin' total stats again? You, so there... you're going to read to me total stats, aren't you? You like points per game, right? Is that one of the oh things you God. like? Oh, my God. Let me, okay, I'm going to give you some stats. Tell me if the, any of them are good. Points per game, you don't no. like. Yards, yards per game, you don't no. like. Passing yards per game, no. no. Uh, Utah's 10th in the Pac-12 in passing yards per game, by the way. I just uh, told you no. How about third down percentage? Uh, meh. No? Okay, fine. Uh, they're fourth, 49.7%. Uh, Utah. Turnovers. 
Uh, they're like middle of the road in the Pac-12. Um, the points allowed, you don't like. No. It's points per drive. Utah's got the best uh, in the Pac-12, 20.1 points per per game, which I know you don't. All right. Really do, you, do you want some real stats? Yeah. Would you like me to read you some real stats? Okay. Give me some real stats. Some not your nonsense. All right. So <laughs> USC is eighth in the country in points per drive differential. They are first, number one, nationally in offensive points per drive. If you... USC fan would like to make the claim that USC has the best offense in the country. You are well supported by the statistics. Wow. USC is 102nd in defensive points per drive. That is at 2.55, but their differential, again, points per drive offensively minus points per drive allowed defensively is eighth in the country. Utah is ninth in the country. Uh, Their offensive points per drive, they are 11th. uh, So that is 3.25 points per drive. And defensively, they are 34th. So if you were to say Utah is a more solid team across the board, that would be fair. The question is whether USC's elite quality, that offense, is too overwhelming for the Utah team, which is more balanced, better on both ends collectively than USC, if it's too much for them to handle. Um, Because when you have a really elite quality like that offense, it puts pressure on you if you're opposing it because you need to score to keep up with that. And so does it take you out of your shape offensively? Does it make you have to throw the ball more earlier? Does it have to, does it make you have to do things that then if you go three and out, does it put more pressure on your defense and it does it create this cascading issue? So I think yeah. if you want to get really dumb into analysis, it's important for USC to score early. It's important for them to get this a little bit into like near blowout territory fairly early. Like get a 14 point lead. Get That's a 17 point lead. That's kind of what they did lead. in the first game. Yeah. And it didn't quite work out. No, that Utah time. still came, but like that. But I, but I think Utah's yeah. offense has taken a step back since. Yeah, then. I don't think they'll be able to do the same thing. Like, yeah, Utah was ama- like Utah was down. Like they weren't playing Utah's game and still came back and just kept scoring and scoring. And uh, yeah, that was it was really impressive. But you needed Dalton Kincaid to go off, and it wasn't USC played. You know, Michael Mayer last week is a great tight end for Notre Dame. What a big game! Stop calling him a great tight end. Stop talking about this Big Ten dog shit as great tight end okay. play. Okay. Dalton Kincaid, great tight end. Michael Mayer, just some dude. Okay. Some guy's going to be driving a forklift. He's a finalist for the Mackey He's going to be driving a forklift in like four years. Nice. Okay. Uh, But I think the one thing they did better was they limited his yards after catch. Like it it wasn't just like Kincaid catching the ball. It was catching and running and just going for miles afterwards. So um, it'll be interesting to see what what, uh, USC does against him. Jesse in the chat. Do you want to know what Michael Mayer had against Cal? What? Two catches for 10 yards. You know what he had against Stanford? Five for 60. Hmm. Dog shit. I don't care what he did against Brigham Young. Who cares? Marshall? Uh-huh. Oh, oh, UNLV he had six catches for 115 yards. Yeah, I think you would have six catches for 115 yards. UNLV, against UNLV. they just fired their coach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, get out of here. Jesse in the, in the chat said, which top Pac-12 team did USC fan base least want in this game? Um, perception of most likely to beat USC. That's interesting. I don't know what the fan base the – there's mixed – most people talking about what they wanted. I always felt it would be better to play Oregon because that's like your rival on the recruiting trail. They're the team that's won the Pac-12 the most during the Pac-12 era. And Bo Nix is really limited right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not thinking about like what's easiest. I would just think like, like who would you want to play, like not who would be the easiest to beat. Um, of like Utah, Oregon, and Washington, 
like Washington probably be the most biggest threat to USC right now just because yeah. of the offense and everything. Washington USC would have been and that would have uh, been the best. Game, that would have it would have been Elmo looking at the nuclear explosion. Like it would have been <laughs> uh, that one. Uh, that one would have been like fifty two forty nine. Yeah. Would have been insane. Um, Eddie in the chat said that there's some breaking news that uh, with his f- ninth win, most since 2014, Chip Kelly secured an auto renew contract extension for 25 more years. I Eddie, Eddie, I didn't know that. Eddie, look, that was a low blow. I'm sitting here talking <laughs> about how your team, USC, is going to win this game, and you're sitting here talking some shit, and I don't like it. This show isn't about UCLA, thankfully. Um, so don't. Do we All have right. any extension news to talk about? Was that that wasn't true? Is that a premature? I'm just I'm just making I'm, sure. I'm gonna leap. I don't have all the way across. I don't have you, you will be amazed at my explosion off the off the ground. Love it. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet the uh, show out. Anything else you want to talk about, David Woods? Is there anything else I want to talk about? Yeah, for so this. many things. I watched Andor. I, really so I got. A, I was gonna watch that. I haven't watched that. I watched yet. the full thing. Oh, is it good? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a speech in episode ten that I, episode 10? I yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was I was I was I, I literally was like hanging out with some friends over Thanksgiving break and we we're playing a card game and I could not stop quoting it to the to the point where like it was funny a few times and then it ceased to be funny and I still kept doing it and then mm. by the end of the night it was funny again I like that to... level of just repetition. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I'm just going. I burn my life. Yeah. It's a really bad. It's like. Um, it's like uh, if uh, if Stellan Skarsgård played Johnny Moxon in Varsity Blues. That's the way. I, people who've watched Andor, they'll know. They'll know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, John Kanzano, we have a little bit of a... Now, what is your score prediction? You said you didn't say one. Sagar wants to know. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm I'm taking score prediction. I don't know. I think I think USC like by. T- I think it's gonna be like 38, 28, something like that. Okay, cool. Kanzano, uh, because there's a lot of talk about this. He did a column. He said, Pac-12 won't tell me who's officiating Friday night's championship game. That's something you want to keep a state secret, right? Like, Why would Absolutely. you want to tell who's like? But they insist it will be an all-star team of the highest graded officials. And he put sort of. And he, he wrote a column if you want to go check it out. JohnConzano.com. I haven't checked it out yet. That, you know it. what that sounds like to me? What? That sounds like Mike Mothershed's music to me. So I would say he's is retired. Is he coming back for one last ride? He retired, right? Is, is he Is he ready? He he's strapping in for one final ride, mm. riding off into the sunset. Yeah, whichever direction that's in. That would be that would be pretty epic. Yeah, if they brought him in. Hell yeah, I, that would be. I think USC and UCLA might just leave right away. They'd be like, <laughs> like this is what you did. Um, yeah, you'd rather bring bring back like glasses ref or something, but. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we take a quick break? We got some questions to get to, and we'll uh, try to anything in the chat you guys want to talk about. We'll get to that. So back in a minute. I feel like that is music from like a 1990s commercial for like a used car dealership. Very well, could be. It's uh, from I. I bought like okay. You want to know what's going on behind the scenes? Like, I literally bought a CD. I mean, probably when I started doing the Parastyle podcast was 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need ro- royalty-free music. There was, like, a podcasting kit, and it was, like, a CD that had a bunch of, like, just generic crap on it that, you you know, sounds like, oh, door close or, like, even, like... Um, 
like the applause, like that might have come from that CD if I remember correctly, or like maybe the, the toilet flush. I think it's that, such a thick sound. Like it sounds thick, like there's something in the toilet. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was not. Yeah. When they when they recorded that one. So it was a royalty free music thing. So there's like different music riffs and stuff. And I just cut, you know, cut. I could change it, but it's kind of like a thing now. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's great. I love to rock out to it. And again, when I have to do the sound effects, I can do that one. You could, yeah, you could. Nice. Okay. We got some voicemails to get to. Let's go to this one. Hey, Ryan, Dave, this isn't Perk either. This is Brad up in Portland. Um, wondering if Michigan showed a new model, I guess with the playoff expansion, this might be a moot point, but where non-conference games really don't matter. Um, you look at their non-conference schedule, it's pretty weak to pack our two Mountain West teams. And uh, UConn, I think, is who they played. Um, just looking back at Utah and Oregon, if they had started, had a similar season where they replaced their two SEC games with, you know, another Mountain West team or a MAC team type of a thing and blew blown them out. Then going into that matchup, they each would have been one lost teams and been like top ten teams. And then I think the narrative, even though Utah would have lost, I think the narrative this week could have been, you know, going into the final is Utah as a two loss um team versus obviously USC. Do they have, you know, that dark horse chance of being the first two loss conference champion team in the mix. I know last year Oregon beat Ohio State in the horseshoe and it's like kind of feel like, you know, they got they got credit for that that great win um you know after the Stanford loss, but after that once you have two losses it was kind of like, you know, you're done either way. So um I I I don't know. I just was looking back at it, it seems like there's a lot of it's, I don't even know if there's even that good of a reward for playing, you know, in, in the, the big games. Obviously, that's just looking at, like, the playoff picture and things. Obviously, from a fan perspective, it's great to have those good non-con matchups. But it's almost like Michigan being rewarded for its horrible schedule and how they canceled against UCLA. I think that's the biggest thing. Since they canceled that non-conference game, is it sending the wrong message to people? So, hey, just want to get your feedback on that. Thanks. It's a great question. I, yeah. I think so. This is going to sound uh, axiomatic, maybe tautological, maybe very circular. Um, but Michigan showed this year that it's good enough. Um, like, if you look at their underlying statistics, they are a top four team. So, if they had played UCLA in the non conference, I would have expected them to beat UCLA in the non conference. Um, I, I think. When we're talking about these teams setting up a schedule to allow them to go 11-1 and or 12-0, and often what we're talking about is a team that isn't good enough setting up. I think the only teams that have had an argument that they have teams that are good enough that end up with multiple losses so far are SEC teams, and I guess now Ohio State. Um, but otherwise, for the most part, you get the losses. Like, you'll pick up a, a bad loss in conference if you're not good enough. Yeah. Um, and that's what happened to Oregon. Uh, many of the last five years, they just weren't good enough, so they would pick up an egregious loss. Washington this year wasn't good enough, so they picked up that egregious loss against ASU, which is what kept them out. So I don't think it's necessarily a scheduling issue. I, th- I think it's just, you know, this this stuff will get ironed out. And some years it doesn't quite, you know. There's some years where Iowa suddenly randomly ends up with one loss, even though they're like a, you know. Not very good. They have the profile of an 8-4 and four team. It could have uh, been like Clemson, right? Like they, you know, Clemson nearly did, but they didn't. And the reason right. they didn't is because they weren't good enough. Yeah, like they, 
got smoked by Notre Dame, and then they lost to South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, it's there is variance over a 12-game schedule, and you can end up with undeserving teams winning enough games, especially in weak conferences. But most of the stuff comes out in the wash, and I think Michigan showed. I mean, this year, this is the best – this is the best Michigan team if if you go by SRS since 1985. Wow. Like that's that's something. Like that's 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 really something. Um and I, I think that would have been more than good enough to beat UCLA in non-conference. Where's the Pac-12 SRS like like I think it was teams? fourth. Um so it's 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 ahead of ACC in everything. Um, okay. No question about it. Um, but it's oh, do you mean like what the teams oh, that, are individually? I, I thought the conference and the teams, but yeah, I thought the conference first. I wanted to see where the Pac-12 kind of ranks because it with six teams ranked in like the top twenty or whatever. Like I thought the Pac-12 might move up a little bit, you know? Right. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. This is somewhat hard to navigate. Um, or the team, or if the teams are easier, then we could look at the, some of the teams, but. Okay. Well, let's let's go to teams because okay. that's uh, is that easier? That's a little bit easier. Um, I just thought the teams would be like the the conference would be higher because of the way the the teams are ranked. You know. Yeah, it's just a little bit hard to look up. Ryan, you're asking me to do work on the fly. Yeah, this is the worst kind of work I like to do. You like to pull out like these stats and stuff. So USC. So in SRS, it's just kind of so SRS isn't perfect. So we'll say that USC is not very highly rated. Oh. It's uh, the best USC team since 2016. But 2016 was clearly better in this system. A and I think this is, team. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is probably a product of the non-con not ending up being that good. Um, so they didn't really play too many teams. And they also well, they, had, well, they had Notre Dame and they had Fresno State, who's playing for the Mountain West Championship game. And then Rice ended up like five and seven. So it wasn't like a terrible. No, no, no. But it's not great. There wasn't like a marquee opponent. And then on top of that, they ended up getting backdoored on a lot of scores. Like, you know, Cal came back in that game. Stanford came oh, back in that okay, game. Yeah. And its margin of victory plays a huge role yeah. in this. So I, I don't know how significant that was. Yeah. Okay. What about some of the other, like the Oregons and the, do you see them? Like Utah. If that's hard. If it's You're not just, just asking me to do so many things, and it's so hard, Ryan. Never mind. Um, Utah is the highest rated team in SRS. Okay. Uh, Oregon is third. USC second. Uh, then it's Oregon State. Then it's Washington, and then it's UCLA. Gotcha. And that's it. it pretty much lines up with everything we would um, say. The top six were all pretty good. Okay. The bottom four, five, all pretty bad. Okay. We got another voicemail for you. Hey Ryan, Dave. This is Andrew calling with a simple question. Um, after years and years and years of hearing about how the Pac-12 does not have access to the four-team college football playoff. How is it that the USC Trojans appear to be one loss away from qualification? Did something change regarding the conference's tie-in to this tournament? Um, you know, how, how, is, how is this possible? Thank you. Great question, Ryan. Was that like, was that sarcasm that was, that was That was our friend who makes these eye charts. Oh, nice. It's a big, big stay at four. He guy. doesn't like, yeah, he likes to stay at four. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, they, they changed the format a little bit. Um, <laughs> tweaked some formulas. I think it was the BCS computers that they, uh, they upgraded to windows 10 and then, uh, it changed the, some of the math. No, and USC hired why. a real coach, went 11 and one, and now they have a chance to make the playoff. That's what happened. 
Is that his schedule that we? Yes, that's his. You want to put? You want to hold no, up? I'm going to hold it up. Here, I'll I'll put you on screen. Okay. Andrew, there's your eye chart. You see all that like red on the the left, your, the right side of your screen. That's like what is all that USC stuff over there? Like it's like history points or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like a role playing game. All right, <laughs> good stuff. What is it? I don't know what it is. So those are USC accomplishment points. points. So it's be- <laughs> accomplishment points. So I think it's uh it's an additive score based on national titles, based on conference championships, based on wins, et cetera, et cetera. So this what what it demonstrates is that USC is uh, the number one, and then it's a, t- a tie between UCLA and Washington historically. You know nothing really, um, you know, amazing about any of that. Okay. Uh, so what Andrew's saying is, twelve teams going to be better. I get it. Um, I agree with you, Andrew. Twelve teams is where we got to go. Expand, expand, expand. Access for the Pac-12. That's what we want. Um, that's what that's what I'm gathering from that. So clown. That's that's good. Uh, I love like it's so funny. I just think yeah, it'd be cool to have more. You know um, the you know uh, the situation where the Pac 12s title odds get worse. What in a twelve team playoff? If you have a team that's good enough, and if you USC, if you Joe USC fan, now it doesn't matter because USC is going to the Big Ten. But if they were to stay in the Pac twelve, you don't want expansion because your team has the potential to be good enough in a lot of years because you have Lincoln Riley and an attractive destination for recruits. Uh, one quick thing before we go on, uh, I was on. I think it was like Texas radio or something yesterday. And uh, they asked about like the Rose bowl deal. So I guess they're trying to put pressure on the Rose bowl. Where's your thoughts on like, cause I don't think the Rose bowl is going to be the same when USC and UCLA leave. That's 43% of all the Rose bowl, you know, PAC 12 representation in the Rose bowl. I don't think you can have a traditional big 10 PAC 12 Rose bowl anymore. Like, I just don't think it's going to be anywhere near the same without USC and UCLA. So if it just becomes part of the playoff, whatever, I'm cool with that. But what it, thoughts on it? I don't know. I've, I haven't followed it too much, but any thoughts I, on I, what's I'm, going on? So I'm, I have no Rose Bowl nostalgia at all, so I don't care. Um, the, uh, I don't think it'll make sense if the Big Ten takes UCLA and USC. Um, you're going to end up with some like absurd Rose Bowls like, I don't know, USC versus Washington, which feels weird. That would feel very Bowl. weird. Um, it doesn't – I mean uh, – I don't know. I mean, it's a big, dumb stadium with like just it's just cavernous and and weird. Um, I don't think UCLA should be playing there anymore. Um, so, all that said, uh, so Kelly can help them build a new stadium. Yeah, I just don't care. I mean, play the play the the quote Rose Bowl, play whatever that big New Year's Day game is at SoFi. I don't care. It's fine. Doesn't yeah. matter. I I think it would just be great to be part of the playoff. You know, like the, just a permanent part or something but i don't know whatever i don't know and i don't care okay but i wouldn't care if they were keeping it like a traditional bowl system and they just said no rose bowl go fuck yourself it doesn't matter to me um you want to read one of the questions i think we only i love to read uh who do we have i think ucla coaching search or yeah i think that's i think we only have one yeah ucla coaching search okay uh this is from coach b in san diego ucla coaching search uh, all right, Dave, humor me on this one. There is a singular national analyst who is pushing the narrative that Chip is in the running for the Auburn job. As the only person I know who follows UCLA football, I have to ask you, if and only if this hypothetical came true, would the ha- fan base be happy about it considering the animosity last year and who would you want to replace him? Not to put words in anyone's mouth, but I hear 
David Shaw is available. David Shaw's resume side-by-side with Chip Kelly. Shaw, the winningest coach in Stanford history. Kelly, two out of four losing seasons at UCLA. Shaw beat a Notre Dame team in South Bend that went undefeated in the ACC in 2022. UCLA never beaten Notre Dame. Shaw, four-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Kelly, two-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Shaw, three Pac-12 titles in the last 10 years. Kelly, three Pac-12 titles, hasn't won since Shaw's first year. Shaw, two Rose Bowl victories. Kelly, one Rose Bowl victory. On paper, not saying it's facts, just saying on paper, it looks like David Shaw would be an upgrade. Thanks, Coach B in San Diego. Go Bruins. I hate you. Uh, (laughs) Thankfully, Auburn has already hired Hugh Freeze. Yes. Um... So Chip won't be going to Auburn. The real question is whether Stanford decides, you know what? We need a guy. Chip Kelly. We need a guy who really hates recruiting even more than the guy we Wife just swap. fired. Wife swap. Stop it. Stop it. Chip, Stop it. Chip. The only thing that would drive me Chip crazier than the Chip Kelly era is David Shaw showing up in Westwood. That would drive me absolutely imagine that? batty. Like, he would he would recruiting would get better. And that's funny. It's because true. it's probably true. It's true. Recruiting <laughs> would get better. Transfers would go down. There wouldn't be any of those. I, mean, I don't know. There'd be transfers out. They would actually have more offers out. Yeah, that's true. Stanford has more offers out than UCLA. Look it right. up. Um, <laughs> Starting to make a little I, sense I'm, now. No, no, Oh, no. my God. This is making so much sense. I feel I don't like... like it. Put it back. <laughs> Put it back. <laughs> Put it back in the box. <laughs> I don't want to know what's in the box. <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. <sighs> um, I think we have a couple of questions in the chat. Did you? Uh, let's see. There's a STL Trojan question for Dave. Based on how both teams are playing at this point in the season, I think that USC-UCLA game will look like the UCLA-Utah game. Thoughts? What did that one look like? It was like UCLA a 10-point kind of, win. Yeah, yeah it was a semi-blowout. Um, it could. Uh, so the only result that I'd be surprised by is a comfortable Utah win. I wouldn't be super surprised if either team wins close, and I won't be surprised if USC puts a, a little bit of a pasting on them. But I would be surprised if Utah really put the screws to them. Yeah. That would be very shocking to me. Me too. I, yeah, that would be a little bit shocking. But Yeah. But uh, like if Utah wins on a field goal, I would. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think... We all undersell Utah a little bit because we just nothing about what they're doing so far or at this point in the season looks spectacular, but they're really solid. They're kind of like they're kind of like Oregon State at this point in the year. You know, they've got a good defense, they've got a good offense. They can make you hurt in some ways. Yeah. Um, but I think USC is a little bit better equipped at this point in the season than they were basically in that Oregon State game because that's the one I would actually analogize this one to more than the uh, previous Utah game. I yeah. think it's much more similar to that because of the way Utah's constructed now. Utah's defense at that point in the year wasn't very it good. It wasn't very It's good. gotten a lot better since then. Yeah. Um, Eric had a question. Do you guys see the PFF all Pac-12 offensive defensive teams? Thoughts? No, I don't. I didn't, I, and I don't care. Uh, PFF college is absolute trash, like fiery garbage. Don't pay attention to it. Yeah, please. it's not very good. It's um, really, really bad. It helps like just some offensive line stuff, but it's probably not good. But it's just it's some metric that you could kind of. Yeah, look I at. think that's what it is. People are desperate for some way to assess offensive and defensive linemen, and nobody has access to the actual coaches' grades, which are also if you've ever seen the way coaches grade their players in their unit, it's also all horseshit. <laughs> Like guys, you watch and you're like, no, that guy didn't play well. And then it's like, oh no, they scored a 92. No, they didn't. That's bullshit. 
Um, no, I, I think it's it's use your own eyes. Like if you ever see something that's like, wow, that edge rusher, wow, he didn't look like he did much, but they're saying he was graded out really. High. Probably not true. It's probably just bullshit. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I mean, there's some things where it's like, oh, he was containing or he was doing uh-huh. you know, like. If, if if he had a job to do and he was doing it, then they might yeah 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 a no, to to an extent yeah for sure, but you know it's it's still a playmaking sport yeah you want to make some plays. make some goddamn plays Eric uh, what's the latest on the Regents' decision to allow UCLA to go to the Big Ten I'm not sure if it's been finalized or still awaiting word uh, it's 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 been finalized for months and months and months mm. the Regents aren't going to do a goddamn thing the only thing that could possibly happen is UCLA has to give a little bit of money. Yeah. Or they have to agree to schedule Cal like three of the next 10 years. But other than that, nothing is going to happen. It's all a dog and pony show to make them look like they're doing something. Yeah. Ethan, is Michael Mothershed the goat of Pac-12 officials or is it still Glasses Ref? I don't think you can beat Glasses Ref. Glasses Ref, for, for just the sheer – and his voice. Like the thing is he sounded so – like he sounded like he'd gone deaf at some point And he had this like weird kind of like tone, <laughs> toneless yelling. Um <laughs> I don't know. Jay Stritcher, still a goat. He's pretty, pretty good. Uh, Big T37. Is it a coincidence that the Pac-12 is this deep with six top 17 teams in the college football playoff rankings this year? Uh, The year that SC becomes relevant again, has SC's rise made the Pac-12 relevant? No. I don't think so. No, no. I think it's – so a few things happen. Kind of legitimizes some of it. Sure. Oregon got um, Dan Lanning, Landanning. Um, and he brought a good staff, uh, at least on the offensive end. Um, and Bo Nix turned into a really good player. And so Oregon for most of the season looked like an elite team. Uh, UCLA had a fifth year quarterback and a, an NFL running back and put together, you know, the best offense they've had since, I don't know, 98. Um, and then you've got Washington, Kalen DeBoer, new coach who brought in again, a transfer quarterback who was elite. Um, and then you have Utah, who everyone was expecting to be really good this year. Oregon State, who Ryan thought was going to go eleven and one this year, went nine and three. Yeah, uh, and USC. I mean, I, I don't think anything was actually that outlandish if you look back on it. Um, and I don't think any of it was because of the context of USC being great. Um, USC is great, um, and it's because of Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and and the host of transfers they got in. Yeah. Uh- Vince said the Rose Bowl wants a semifinal game in two out of every three years in a new CFP. I'm cool with that. <clears throat> Fine. Who cares? Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm good with that. Like if that I don't think that's like some crazy demand. I think people want to go to the Rose Bowl. Like you'd rather go play there. Um except but, for me. I don't want to go to the Rose Bowl. You don't it's well, really you don't far. go. Yeah, I don't. I go to there more than you. I've I've covered more you've UCLA got, games. You've gone you've gone there to cover more UCLA <laughs> games than I have in the last seven years. <laughs> Uh, uh, Kyle says helps when USC and Washington are great conference uh, perception rises. Yeah. I mean, I think- uh, no, no, no. That, uh, that's all a bunch of soft stuff. It's not true. The, the, the perception of the conference doesn't really matter. It's the quality of the top six teams. They're all really good this year. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing and it's not, Oh, cause Clemson was still being ranked ahead of some of these teams as of like three weeks ago. Yeah. It was dog shit because the ACC is actual dog shit this year. <laughs> and that's actual true and also perception true. Yeah. Um, no, if anything, the, the conference was still getting dogged perception wise until the last two weeks. Um, no, it's because the teams are actually good. They're actually proving it on the field. That's that's what it is. I do like the Big 12, the way they're playing this year. There's like a lot of. Yeah, the Big 12 is a great 
football conference. It's not yeah. a great money-making conference, but it's a great football conference. Yeah. Um, real quick before we go, like there's been some big news, you know, like Matt Rule uh, coming out of the NFL. Rat Mule. Rat Mule going to uh, Nebraska. Hugh Freeze uh, going to Auburn. Um, Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So the, the two big conferences are making some big big boy coaching moves again. What does this mean for the Pac-12 or if anything? Like that's – I mean, it's just showing that, like, people are not backing off. Like, they're going out and making big moves. Well, and I think uh, Kalen DeBoer got a nice extension up at Washington. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if after one year you're usually doing that, but I think to protect against poaching makes some sense. I mean, he's originally a South Dakota guy, which is certainly more Midwest than West. Yeah. So um, I think it'll make the Pac-12 uh, protect their good coaches, um, you know, and I think there's an element where there's only so much protection you can offer for Lincoln Riley against the NFL. Um, but I think he's going to want to play it out a few years at least. And already you're paying him like $10 million a year. So he yeah, better like... want to stay. <laughs> um, but like if you're uh, Oregon, um, you know, what do you do with Landanning this offseason? Are you going to, you know, recommit even more to him? Uh, yeah, especially with the there's probably going to be a staff shakeup. I mean, how many guys? Well, does, he needs to rehire. He needs to hire an offensive coordinator, right? And Dillingham might bring some guys with yeah. him. Yeah, he might bring. I mean, it sounded like Cartman was saying Adrian Clem might come over, um, right? And that's a big part of the recruiting piece for Oregon. So Oregon's got some stuff they need to do in the off season. Um, but do you recommit to the head coach? Who I think, like, if you're objectively assessing things, that should have been without a Bo Nix lower leg injury probably 10 and two and i think a good chance still at 11 and one because they might have pulled out that last drive against washington instead of gacking it away um so anyway uh i think there is an element where you do have to kind of and i don't think like arizona is in any danger of jed fish getting poached this offseason but i think if you're arizona you got to like the trajectory of that program right now yeah so those are the guys you got to protect i mean with arizona state getting like a dillingham you know if he ends up being great like you know that's what that's his kind of home, right? So you yeah, might stay, Jonathan but, Smith. Like it's his. You, it's kind of like the Pac-12 needs another reason for you to stay. And if it's like, oh, that's your school, um, Dillingham, I don't think played football, but he went to ASU, right? So yeah, he was at ASU. I don't. He might have played, uh, but he was definitely an uh, early assistant on that staff. Yeah. Um, no, and I think if those guys succeed, I mean, I don't know how. I, I mean, Jonathan Smith, I think, is you know pretty locked into Oregon State, but he's also, I mean, but if you're like you know, if you need a you know, like oh, you're uh, whatever. Your like, boy just talked about Jonathan Smith as a potential UCLA option if Chip Kelly were to move see, on. I mean, because he's a SoCal guy originally. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, for UCLA, I think it'd be a great move. <laughs> I mean, Twenty five years down the road, when Chip <laughs> Kelly's contract expires, but like. If it's a, you know, if Illinois or, you know, Minnesota, like they come open, they're like, Jonathan Smith seems like they would be really good for our system. We're not that good of a program, but here's a boatload of money. Uh, I don't know. Like, and that's the thing is, I don't know if he goes to Minnesota for that. Like, and I think that's the benefit of being, um, being conscious of who you're hiring when you're a Pac-12 school, because, you know, the money isn't going to be the same. So. ASU hiring Dillingham, it makes sense on so many different levels. Yeah, Oregon State really committing to the Jonathan Smith era makes sense on many different levels because alum, you know, and yeah. and if you can make that work, it makes it harder to fire those guys. Like when they are alums, there's a lot more pushback when you uh, if things don't go well. But if things go well, you maybe have your coach for the next twenty years. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think we uh, it was a good show. Good. We did a little. Uh... 
bonus episode this week. Um, thanks for everyone. If you were watching on our YouTube channel, please like and subscribe it. 170 people are watching right now. That's awesome. We only have 57 likes. Smash. Smash the goddamn like button. Smash it. Do it. Do it now. Crush. Uh, and then no. if you haven't already subscribed, subscribe. We have 669 subscribers. We'd like to get that to 1,000. I think, yeah, I think 1,000 you can then do like ads and stuff, I believe. Yeah, and what do you want to be but served more ads? Do you, uh, have you heard about this? So we were, we were doing our live show on our on USC and people started to donate while we were like doing the show. Like we were getting donations and I don't even know what it is. And someone's like, hey, you didn't thank the donors. I'm like, I didn't even know you could do that. I don't even know how that Donate? works. Like literally, like we did a podcast yesterday. Someone donated like five bucks. The other show, I think we got like $12 or something. So I have no idea how that works. I didn't solicit, wasn't asking for donations. But I mean, I like money. I, I was going to say, like we get we to We do thousand. this thing for free. Yeah, I think if we get to 1,000, I think like, you know, we could have bets with like the Zodiac Killer and like, hey, mm-hmm. you got to donate five bucks if yeah. if uh, Stanford misses a field goal or something, you know, do stuff like that. It'd be fun. It's a Cardi in the USA. See, you're already sung it. I'm ready. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. I am Ryan Abraham. That is David Woods. If you're going to be out in Las Vegas, please stop by Thursday night, Park MGM at the uh, Bet MGM Sportsbook and uh, Bar. I will be there. Uh, come say hi. I'll buy you a beer. Say hello. We got some uh, jockey gift cards we'll be able to give out. So, And I'm going to send out. If you did tie for uh, second place in our survivor pool, make sure you send in your picks. I think we got three or four people sent in. I believe like 10 people tied. David's not going to count, but all the rest of you. you I'm I, part of the tie. I mean, I should you could put in my own, too. Put in your own, yeah. You haven't but then yet. I'm not going to win anything. Right. You've well, already eliminated me as a potential I, I'll, winner. I'll give you the gift card if you No, win. no, no. I don't want it. I don't want it. I think we got, like, two more gift cards. So, like, get, get in there. Like, there's only 10 of you or 9 of you or whatever it is. Like, you got a pretty good chance of getting a gift card. So, uh, do that. But if you come out to uh, Las Vegas, actually, got Trader Joe's will be there, too. So, they're going to have some Trader Joe's gift cards and also... Um, jockey gift cards. And yeah, come say hi, have a beer, chat about some Pac-12 football. It's Vegas, man. How do you not have fun? Uh, But for David Woods, right over there, I'm Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye.